Welcome to the Valmica Property Investing Podcast, where I, your host, share the key to success in the Australian property investing market. I'm the founder of Valmica Buyers Agency. You can find us at valmicaproperty.com. The contents of this podcast are the personal opinion of your host and are intended for entertainment purposes only. Any financial advice must be obtained from your trusted financial advisor or a qualified professional. Hi everyone, on today's episode we're going to talk about what makes property such a powerful investment tool. So we're going to talk about the power of leverage in property, it's today's topic. So the best way to describe this is obviously taking you through a few examples. So I'll start off with just doing, doing a pure equity example, so no gearing. By gearing, I mean no debt. We also call debt leverage. So they're the two words that we use interchangeably in the property market when it comes to debt. So the first example, just pure equity, and I'll show you what the returns are. Then taking a comparable example, but this time we'll add leverage, and I'll show you what the returns are in the back of leverage, and you'll be very surprised to see the difference. Then we'll go through another example of how to spread your investment over multiple properties with gearing so that you can accelerate your um, goals to wealth a lot, uh, a lot quicker. Then, of course, the key to leverage is got to do with managing cash flow. So leverage can be a very powerful thing, but if you can't manage your cash flow, it can be a completely destructive thing as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that too. Before we get into those topics, uh, let's go through the auction clearance results for the weekend ending the 16th of July, 2023. Okay, so looking at New South Wales, another strong showing, just below 72% clearance rate. So 6% up from last week. Sydney itself, just below 75%, so also 6% increase from last week, so very strong market there. Queensland, 56.5%, so basically flat to where it was last week, with Brisbane showing a slight decline, with just below 60% clearance rates. South Australia seems to be moderating a little bit, so You've got a, just below 73% clearance rate in South Australia overall on a state-wide basis. And then looking at Adelaide, you've got a 71.4% clearance, so 6% down from last week. So that's slowing a little bit. Then looking at Victoria, Victoria had a 73% clearance rate, so 7% up from last week, so a strong showing. In Melbourne, 74% at a 6% increase from last week. Right, moving on to our topic. So if we had to take an example where we just invested pure equity, and by pure equity, I mean you invest your cash into an instrument and you don't use any debt on that instrument at all. Now, by instrument, it can be uh, buying stocks or an interest-bearing account, for example. So let's just take an example of stocks. <clears throat> let's say we take 
circa average growth rate over time on stocks it's around maybe nine and a half percent so let's just take that as an example and we invest a hundred thousand dollars so after the first year of investing a hundred thousand dollars you're looking at around a nine and a half thousand dollar uplift in your investment so you're left with a hundred nine thousand five hundred dollars so simple right now if we had to compare that same hundred thousand dollar example and we put it into property and let's just assume with that hundred thousand dollars we were able to get 90 percent leverage so you're able to get a loan for um, let's say we were able to get a million rand properties put a hundred thousand dollars in a 10 percent deposit and then the rest in gearing so nine hundred thousand dollars debt so you purchase your million dollar property and you have to take into account a few things now all these examples are going to ignore tax just for simplicity terms so please keep in mind this ignores tax so if you had a nine hundred thousand dollar uh debt components your interest in principal assuming a six percent interest rate which is more or less where you'd get your your loans now give or take you're looking at around a five thousand just short of five thousand four hundred dollars a month to service that debt but if you say for example purchase this property in sydney it's a blue chip property you're looking at getting a net rental yield of around, for example, say one and a half percent. Let's assume a property annual growth rate of eight percent. So we get that nine and a half percent that we can compare to the stock investment. Um, let's look at what the mechanics of that will be. So your rental contributions will give you around, say, one thousand two hundred fifty dollars a month. That's one and a half percent net yield. But you've you owe the bank every month five thousand, just short of five thousand four hundred dollars, which means you would have to put in additional equity every month into the investment. So we're going to include that in this calculation. So after one year, you would have had to have contributed around one hundred forty-five thousand six hundred dollars. But let's assume the property increased in value by the amount of eight percent. So the property is worth $1,080,000. So if we take the property value, less what's owing in debt, and that'll be around, let's say 800 and, sorry, close to $900,000, you're looking at an uplift on your equity component from 145,000 that you've contributed in equity to the equity value in your property of 191,000. So that's a $45,000 increase. Now, when you compare that to pure equity, which is just a $9,500, you can see the huge, huge uplift that leverage gives you. <clears throat> but why? Why is this the case? And it's basically got to do with the base level that you're in <clears throat> so in the pure equity example you're investing the hundred thousand dollars but your investment's going growing at nine and a half percent on a hundred thousand dollars however in the property example your investment's growing at nine and a half percent equivalent of on 
$1 million. So it's a much bigger base. But the trick to that is, is that the bank is, is like having another partner involved that's putting the majority of the money down. And they're only requiring a 6% um, return on that for that money that they're lending you. So you are, are the property is growing at 8% on a million dollars, you only have to pay 6% away on $900,000. So the difference comes back to you. And that's why you're able to grow your equity portion at such a much quicker rate because of having that cheap partner in being the bank. But why would the bank be willing to be a cheap partner? Why would he be willing to only accept six, but the property is growing at 8%? And the reason being is that he's secured by the property. So if you can't pay him the 6%, for example, then he can just take they can just take the property and then sell the property and get their money back plus whatever's owing. So for that security, he's willing to take less uh, of a return because it's completely securitized. Whereas you are taking equity risk in it. So if you aren't able to pay back the debt, then you basically lose what you've put into it. So that's the difference. Now, how do I judge that it's it's a cheap um, it's a cheap partner being in with the bank? It's all got to do what I call is the delta. So the delta is <clears throat> the difference between the increase in value of your property and the debt. So in this example, your property is going growing at eight percent. Yes, you, you're getting the one and a half percent in rental yields, but let's just talk about the 8% component. So it's growing at 8%, but it's costing you 6%. So that delta is 2%. So you gaining a full 2% on $900,000 every year that the property grows at that rate. So that's 2% on 900 grand, which is $900,000 that you never had. So you earning 2% on that money um, and that's why you're able to get that quick and equity uplift. So <clears throat> what happens if interest rates are higher than what the property grows at, its annual growth rate? Then it's a negative delta. And then your returns start to diminish because of that. So the secret is as long as your property is growing faster than your debt component your equity is going to accelerate substantially in the investment obviously the other component to watch is inflation so as long as your property is growing at a faster pace than inflation then you're getting wealthier and because you are growing on a much bigger base of a million dollars as compared to $100,000 only, you're able to accelerate your growth substantially. So easy game, right? The only challenge is, is making sure you're able to service the debt. So that's the trick to 
using gearing effectively and safely. So if you over uh, gear yourself, then you've got the risk of basically losing the entire investment. But banks in Australia, when they give you a loan, they, they are, they're regulated and they've got to make sure that you're able to afford it. So that's why they do a, they get a lot of information about your serviceability. Now, there's something called the 2836 rule. And then I'm not saying that the banks use this rule, but this is a guideline for, for yourself as a property investor when you get gearing as to how much gearing um, you can sustain on a more comfortable basis. So the 2836 rule means that 28% of your gross annual income it shouldn't your 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 mortgage payment shouldn't exceed more than 28% of your gross annual income and then your total debt that you owe so credit cards car etc shouldn't exceed 36% of gross annual income so that's a rough guideline the banks depending on the bank they have different measures whereby they check your affordability and that percentage um, might might differ from bank to bank but as a general rule, <clears throat> the 2836 is what should apply. <clears throat> so you've seen the power of gearing. Now, let's just say, for example, over the years, you build up over a million dollars of equity in your, in your property. Imagine splitting that up into 10 deposits of $100,000 that enables you to purchase five million rand, five separate one million rand properties. So you're spreading your base over five million rand, uh, sorry, five million dollars. So that, that just shows you the power of being able to use leverage on an ongoing basis. And that just accelerates yourself except from where prior you on a million dollar base now you can increase it to two three four five million dollar base just using 10 percent, 20 percent deposits that's the power of of gearing all right so <clears throat> that's the secret to what we call a lot of people use in the private equity space and that's the power of leverage um, leverage is used widely around the world in investment firms for this very reason, because it's seen as cheap money. The trick is just being able to service it to stay in the game. All right, that's that's the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Valmaker Property Investing Podcast. I hope you found our discussion insightful and empowering. If you're interested in finding out more about our services at Valmaker Buyers Agency, visit our website at valmakerproperty.com. There you'll discover how we can assist you in making informed decisions and achieving your property goals. See you on the next episode.